listening to the Woman of Strength podcast for the purpose-driven woman who has a yearning deep in her soul to serve the world. Presented to you by Ange Wilcock, creator of Evolutionary Model of Well-Being, Mindfulness-Based Storytelling, and The Raw Woman Project. A businesswoman on a mission for every human on the earth to feel enough. Hi and welcome to another episode and this is actually season two of Women of Strength podcast and Women of Strength TV and I've got as always as I always say some incredible guests lined up for you in season two and my first guest who I'll be introducing at the moment Laura Jean um, has got an incredible story to share and to tell us. And so I just want to, as this is our first episode in season two, I just want to thank you all, the ones of you that have been following Women of Strength podcast and TV, just thank you for following us. And we will have some wonderful gems as we did last season in this new season ahead. So please feel free to share with any other woman that you feel may benefit from listening to women's stories because we know that that's how we connect. Women are fantastic at connecting through stories. And so let's now move to Laura Jean. So welcome, Laura Jean, to Women of Strength podcast and TV. Thanks for having me, Ange. Oh, it's such a pleasure, and I'm so looking forward to your story. Now, I'm just going to introduce Laura Jean, and as I always tell all my listeners and people that watch, I always read from a piece of paper. So, um, so Laura Jean is an accredited practicing dietitian with 15 years' experience who focuses on the whys of eating and how you can connect your body to guide your interaction with food. She is passionate about helping women develop a healthier relationship with food and enjoys every eating experience. Well, I'm glad you're my first guest because I'm in that space right now, wanting to know what that feels like. Um, And she empowers you to reclaim your inbuilt ability to interact with food and become the expert in your own food journey. I love that. What an incredible introduction. So welcome. And I'm sure you're going to be telling us how we get into that space because I'd be really interested. But before we get to that, because I'm sure there's been a journey that that you've been on to take you into that space and doing the incredible work that you're doing today. So the question I always ask all the incredible women that I interview is, Laura Jean, where did your Woman of Strength journey start? Um, well, and I think um, it started, like most women, a long, long time ago. Um, back in early, like in my, in my primary school days, I can remember, um, you know, lots of messages that really kind of kicked off my journey. And there was, um, there's a couple of ones that I'll, I'll start with, um, so I don't make this too long-winded. Um, but the first one was, I always remember this strong um, sort of story that my father, or my dad kind of used to say to me um, as a young girl, that, um, that you can do anything, that you can be anything. I um, mean, I grew up in rural Australia. So very small town and we'd walk down the main street and we'd walk past things like the solicitor's office or the accountants, which, you know, they only came into our town every now and then um, just once a year, sometimes for, for tax time and things. And, and he would always point those offices out and he's saying, you know, one day you, you could be that, that could be you. And he was a farmer. So he came from quite, or he does come, he's not 
Foxconn, um, you know, quite humble sort of stock. So for him, that was really just the epitome of, you know, you can be anything. So that was probably the first message that really started me out. Um, the next step was um, my, my passion for food. Um, and I can distinctly remember a holiday I went to visit my cousin and she was really into eating and um, into food. And again, coming from rural Australia, you know, the height of an exciting um, you know, barbecue gathering was somebody putting orange slices in the salad. You know, that was, um, that was gourmet. Um, <laughs> so I went to my cousin's house in Tamworth and they lived a very um, different kind of food um, interaction. And she was really into cooking. I could just remember being so swept away by this amazing experience of enjoying different foods. You know, it wasn't um, brown looking vegetables and, and shoe leather um, lamb chops. It was... Um, <laughs> It was beautiful flavors and 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 just the fact that she was creating and you know we were eight at the time eight years old and um i just was um blown away and so that really started my journey down the food track and for a long time i just wanted to be a chef um but then um for some reason my well i think i was born like an 80 year old nana um so <laughs> I, I went on like a placement um to be like you know a work placement to be a chef and i realized oh this lifestyle doesn't really work you know i was starting at 3 p.m when my friends who'd gone to do teaching were finishing up mm. for the day you know and I just thought oh this isn't really going to work for me <laughs> where's my napping time so you know I sort of I'm really lucky I had that insight as a as a teenager um to see that yeah that wasn't probably going to work for me so back to the drawing board and it took me a long time I wanted to find something um that was was help helping people you know that was really at the core of, of what I wanted to do and part of my value system um and that's probably from my upbringing and right. um I looked around I was like what could I do? Where could I go? And I stumbled across um, dietitian, which is helping people around food. And I thought, oh, perfect, a match made in heaven. I really didn't have that much idea about what a dietitian did or the ins and outs, but I just went with it, you know, probably one of those gut instinct type yeah. things, um, which just pulled me towards it. And that was the first kind of start in my journey. And I worked as a dietitian, um, you know, I've worked for, as a dietitian for 15 years. Um, and I started out in the standard kind of practice of just going out there. You know, I left uni just really empowered to help people. Um, and I worked in health services for the first sort of um, four or five years of my career. Oh, yeah. And um, I found that that was really, I loved working with people and I loved um, really connecting to people around food and over food, because I think even, um, you know, in our life and in our culture, connecting over food is so important. Oh, it's massive. Yeah. 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 You know, and, and yeah. so I really um, enjoyed that. So that sort of, I really found, um, found quite good, but there were a few elements of, um, of working as a dietitian that didn't quite gel with me. Um, I, I, you know, I sort of, probably started challenging the status quo then um, around things like, you know, a really strong focus on, um, I suppose, uh, the dietitian as the expert and the client as the person coming in to have that education and information. And for me, that never really worked because I always sort of thought, well, at the end of the day, the client's the one that has to go home. The person that is the one that has to go home and eat the food and make the decisions and do the shopping and do the cooking. And so for me, it was always about um, empowering them and connecting to them and to find a way to help them to one, um, find the priorities for them in their own health and in their own life. And then also to find strategies that would work for them. Not things I thought were a good idea, but things that um, were actually important to them because it was their life they were going to live. And, you know, when that, when they stepped outside of my consulting room. So. And that's so good to hear because, um, you know, a lot of time people go along to professionals for professional advice and, and it tends to be all about 
the advice rather than about the person. So it's it's great that you put this person, you know, center of all of that. So yeah, that's you know that's how people succeed, isn't it? When you're the center of something rather than um, you know someone saying, well, this is my advice, you've got to carry it out. But if you're not able to do that, you're always setting someone up to fail. So so I love that. Yeah, that you you had an experience of oh no, I don't want to do it this way. I want to do it my way. So yeah, that's great to hear that. Yeah. And it is, um, like you say, it's, it's very, it's more the common thing that, yeah, in the, particularly in health, that the, the yeah. health professional is the expert. And, yeah. um, but, but my belief um, and a big part of my, I suppose, you know, one of the big kind of values that have underpinned this whole journey for me is the belief that everybody is the expert in their own experience and in mm-hmm. their own health experience, particularly, you know, yeah. um, nobody knows their, your, you know, your body better than you know your body. You know, I, I can't know all of the experience and all of the values and everything. And I can get an inkling of that when I work with clients and I try and, you know, can, you know, make us make our time together reflect that. But at the end of the day, no one knows you better than you. And that's the position that I kind of work from. Yeah. Perfect. And that's brilliant. Cause that, I just so connect to that. Cause I've tried many different methods. I don't want to call them diets, but I've tried many, many different methods of eating and um, followed them religiously. And what I, and I gave up all of that and said, actually, all I'm gonna do is just listen to my body because my body will tell me, you know, my body will tell me if it likes dairy or wheat or fat or, or protein or carbohydrates because it responds and it speaks to me. So um, yeah, I, I, I love that, you know, you do that too. We are the experts of our own bodies and our body can talk to us. Yeah, and I love that exactly what you said there, Ange, connecting to our body. And that is mm. what my whole, um, that's that's the position that I work from. And so so that was sort of my journey I was going on. And then I really kind of came to that point of that, um, not only positioning the client as the expert, but actually getting them to really connect to their body. Um, and over several years, then I sort of went out into private practice and I was doing my own sort of thing, building my own business. And I really found that that was such a useful tool. And when I worked with people from that angle of them actually knowing what their body um, body knows um, and just connecting to what the messages, you know, it was always things like people were saying things like, oh, why didn't anybody tell me this before? And it makes so much sense. And, yeah. you know, for yourself, having gone through that journey, I'm sure you can relate that real, just that feeling of freedom is what, how mm. I kind of characterize it, uh, that people get when they actually, you know, not necessarily ignore everything, but sometimes that's good too. I mean, ignore yeah. everything outside yeah. and just really focus inwards on what's my body telling me, mm. um, because it is a really powerful tool, um, particularly um, in our health and in our um, ability to um, interact with food in a way that really works for our individual kind of circumstance and yeah, and our body. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah. on that journey of, you know, where you've got to today in terms of your own private practice and what you're doing, what were the challenges, you know, because when we make a decision to go against the societal norms, you know, a dietitian or a health, um, the medical model will tell us to do things in a particular way. And we go, you know, and you're going, well, actually, no, because you are the expert of yourself. Your body can speak to you and inform you. What were those challenges along that path? Because I'm assuming there would have been many i mean i know my own journey when i just went actually i'm not going to follow the norm anymore i've trained in all these different modalities but actually the person is the expert in in their own space mm. there have been major challenges around that professionally and personally so, so share with us your challenges because i'm sure there are some and some amazing gems in, in that journey too 
Yeah, I think two um, two things probably stand out. One from a personal level, um, challenging. So um, you know, as as many of your listeners, and I'm sure you can relate. You know, I was I was brought up to be a you know a, a good girl, um, yeah. to follow the rules, to do yeah. the right thing, um, and as a and then to step outside of that um, within, but still, still obviously um, always for me, because I'm really, um, it's important in my practice, always practicing from an ethical point of view, you know, not doing yeah. things that aren't ethical, but yeah. doing things that other people, um, I suppose, that, that wasn't how I was taught exactly to work with clients, you know, that wasn't, um, you know, that. So, but, but for me, I think the awareness that how we are working as health professionals and how dietitians um, you know, and, and other health professionals, it's not helping, you know, it's not actually empowering clients and individuals. Um, and for me, that became the more important overriding um, value. So there was that um, challenging. And I suppose that was kind of my first, which I didn't know it at the time, but kind of my first um, awakening from that kind of, um, or sort of coming into that feminist um, understanding around that. I didn't realise it at the time, but breaking free of that good girl kind of um, mould that I had to be the good girl um, to be able, but actually being the good girl would stop me from being able to help people and stop me from being able to step into that, that, um, that role that I knew that, um, that I could, could be for people that support. Um, So that was the first challenge. Um, and so yeah, how, how did you step out of that? You know, how did you? Because it's hard to just step out of being the good girl if, if that's yeah. something you've done all your life and and most of your adult life. How, how did you manage to step out of that? Was it self-talk or tell us about that? Yeah, I think self-talk and lots of challenging, just challenging those beliefs um, yeah. in a really um, in a gentle way, um, definitely. But challenging that because I think it was. Again, it's that body connection coming up again, which is so powerful in so many parts of our life, but it just didn't feel right in my body to continue to be the good girl. So then I had to challenge that and sort of say, well, if that is what I've been told, that is the the, the right way, why yeah. doesn't it feel right? Um, yeah. And for me, it was really all underpinned by that strong connection and trust in my body. Um, and also, um, yeah, that's those strong values so that I could actually, yeah, I came to a point where it was um, a conflict of values, I suppose, but I just sort of played around, like picked away at those and sort of challenged them. Um, and what came out was that mm, that whole kind of good girl kind of value mindset isn't actually um, serving me and it's not really empowering me. And that sort of forced me to to look at that um, belief system. And, and it, yeah, I mean, I know why it was there, you know, and, and why it was instilled in me, but that yeah. it wasn't serving me anymore. And it wasn't going to serve me to help, help continue to help clients if I was felt I was restricted and that I, um, you know, got to a point where actually practicing in that way of, of trying to tell them what to do and things was becoming, that was the uncomfortable, really unethical um, way to go yeah. forward for me. So yeah, yeah I suppose that, it's clearness on values and really challenging, challenging beliefs yeah. and just, you know, recognizing that they've always, that, that no belief is bad, that it probably served a purpose um, being yeah. kind around that. Um, but also just, just, challenging and yeah it wasn't like it, that I just sort of steamrolled ahead with it but I think the more yeah. I worked with clients and the more I saw the the more positive outcomes and the more positive connection to clients when I acted from that point of view of um, what what felt like that gut instinct for me the, the right way to go versus what I was kind of told to do um, that that really kind of yeah continued mm. to affirm what I was feeling and, and what I was finding out 
Cool. And that's such a powerful question. I love that. You know, it's such a powerful question to ask ourselves. You know, it, it, if it, you know, we might be told it's right, but if it doesn't feel right, mm. you know, is it right? Yeah. Yeah, because it is about how we feel, isn't it? You know, we, I think we've grown up in a society where it's, you know, oh, it's not about feeling, it's about doing, it's about action, it's all woo-woo when you start asking yourself, well, how do I feel? But it's not because when you really do step into that space of this feels uncomfortable or this feels amazing, um, you really do get to align with yourself and, you, and your true values, like you said, you know, your core values, because your core values come from your being as opposed to your doing, if that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. And I think it's an area um, probably in my um, sort of mid-20s that I really kind of dug into a bit around values and really establishing those because I'd gone from, you know, I mentioned I had been running kind of my private practice and then my partner and I moved into state and I had to kind of close that down. And so then I had to sort of step back and look, well, how can I actually continue to work um, in this way, but do it in a way that's actually going to, you know, I'm not going to have to be sort of changing, you know, I didn't want it to be kind of location based where I had to do it. So I had to really get into my values and look at, well, what am I going to do? How am I going to do this? And that's where a lot of that came out for me. You know, what's really important? What are the parts of my practice I want to maintain? What are the things that are really important to keep going forward? And I had, yeah, like a good kind of time there where I really um, stepped back from actually, um, you know, I just sort of went back into the health service, um, which which helped me to really clarify things because I saw, mm, yeah, this is definitely not how I want to be doing things. Um, but I also had space away from that to just really dig into those values and connect that up to my work and connect that up to, yeah, my life. And there was yeah. lots of other things going on in the background outside the professional stuff. I was sort of moving into more, uh, I suppose, um, m moving outside of other areas. You know, once you start challenging the status quo in one space, it's impossible not to in others. So yeah yeah you know I started to probably started changing my lifestyle moving into more like a slow living kind of lifestyle um simplifying things there um and yeah that really helped and then then, then um I went um I, I had babies <laughs> so that changed things again um and that really again it really helped me to clarify things I mean it was really a strong um I found through that experience of motherhood you know a really strong connection to that feminine and that feminist kind mm. of stuff that, that I had never really articulated um what that was but just particularly um for me I have two two girls so um noticing the the interactions of people with girls versus little boys and stuff and you know that really solidified a lot of that for me and um and was another step I suppose further in kind of empowering me into that stepping into that role or that that you know stepping into my true self really yeah. and, and 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 where I'm sort of moving towards so that was um really a big step um and then of course the um the bounce back from early motherhood of actually reclaiming um and kind of sometimes i, I joke to my friends clawing back my sense of identity <laughs> um you know when you're in that very early trenches of motherhood and, yeah. and i must admit um with hindsight which is such a wonderful tool mm -hmm. um you know i probably tilted a little bit too far into um i mean i don't regret um everything you know how how my early motherhood journey um, kind of played out, but I probably did, did lose myself in there, um, which I don't think is uncommon for a lot of women. Um, and so, yeah, so over the last 12 months, really, I've been, been reestablishing that kind of sense of identity, which has probably been the sort of, well, not final, because I know there's more steps on my journey to come, but the, the sort of final kind of current step of really helping me to, to try and find space or ways to kind of, I don't think we'll kind of balance, but also to be able to tilt into that motherhood role, but also tilt into the role um, 
of, of myself um, and, and, and what I have, what I feel like I have to give um, to people around their journey around food and their connection to their self and, and in that space as well. So that's where I'm at at the moment, sort of finding that oh. tilt. And so this year I started um, back into business because when I, um, when I had my girls, I really wanted to focus on that part of my life. Um, and so I sort of put my um, working stuff on the back burner for a little while. Um, and so this year I've sort of worked, moved back into that, but of course finding that flexibility. So I'm working on sort of, yeah, working with people more on the online space as opposed to sort of face-to-face. So that's another challenge to the status quo um, mm. in my health professional area as well, because um, that's, that's something that's really different. But for me, I know that I can reach more people um, and spread that kind of message, which I'm really passionate about. Um, yeah in a bigger way than just, you know, sitting in a clinic in a, in a space. It also um, it is going to allow me to actually work in this way that I know um, does work as opposed to being boxed into that kind of traditional health professional role. So that's yeah. been kind of what I've been doing in my challenges this year. And yeah, the big challenge right now is finding that balance between, um, yeah, between being a mother, but being myself as well and, and connecting that, um, which is clearly important for me in my own health and self-care, but yeah. also really important as a model for my girls as well, that they can not have it all because I think that's a bit of a lie, but also, but that they can be themselves while also being a, being a, being a mother, being a wife, being a friend, but you know, that, that all, there's yeah. so many parts of us. We're pretty complex um, and that we can, yeah, find our strength within all of those roles, I suppose. Yeah. I mean, I, I love there's two things that I loved what you said there in, in um, telling that part of your story is that, you know, you, you felt it, it didn't feel right to do what you were doing within the health profession. And so you made a decision to do something different and then moved into the, the bigger city. But you went back to that health profession. Um, it's like testing it out because that's what we do, isn't it? It, it? And it's the most natural thing in the world. And I think, you know, a lot of women out there that are in business or thinking about going into business, we see so much out there on the internet and how other women, you know, you've just made it, you go with your, your intuition, you just feel guided by your intuition. And, but I think what they do is they, they miss that part of the story to help other women connect that, yeah, you do feel it, you do sense it, you go with your gut feeling, intuition, guidance, whatever you want to call it. But majority of women will also tell you, but I needed to go back just to check it out. And that's what you did. I mean, I've done the same too. You went back to that health model and checked it out. And it was like, no, 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 this isn't right. My intuition and my gut is right. Mm. And, and so that sort of propels you then. And then the second thing that I loved what you said is, you know, being that parent, being that mother and losing yourself. Because sometimes I challenge that because sometimes I, I think, we don't always lose ourselves. We just find another part of ourselves that we didn't know existed. Mm. Because if we haven't had children, we don't know how we're going to yeah. be, how that's going to feel. So there's another aspect of ourselves that we're exploring. And I, and I do hear a lot of women say, you know, I, I felt like I lost myself. But I, I always sense, well, for me, it's always about, yeah, but you also found a part of yourself that you didn't know existed before. So I, I love that you that you shared that as well. So cool. And that online space, like you said, you know, when we're in that online space, it is about credibility because people are online. What does that mean? Are you an expert in your field? Are you a specialist? And that's what I love about doing this, you know, because we are experts in our field. We are specialists because 
we don't just go out there, you know, like you said, we're ethical in our practice. We are health, I mean, I'm a health professional too, but we are ethical in our practice, but we're probably more ethical than a lot of people that are still practicing under the medical models mm. because we're actually driven by what feels right. And our clients are telling us that and we're using that client feedback, you know, to, to be better and show up better and offer more. So, you know, there's some real key things that you've shared with us. So, so I love that. So thank you. Yeah, no, that's great, Ange. And I think you're right there that, um, yeah, that, that, when we, when we step outside of that normal or the sort of standard health professional practice space, we can be, be more ethical. Unfortunately, you know, there's a lot of, I think there's just a lot of lip service, you know, given mm -hmm. to things like evidence-based practice and client-centered care. Yeah. Um, but when you're actually moving into that online space or in your own, own practice, you can actually set those rules and you can actually um, act on them as opposed to just having them in some overarching policy that nobody ever actually looks at, that just that. looks good, you know, and I think yeah. that's the difference. Um, yeah. And thank you for that point around the, the losing myself. And, and I think um, I think that's a better way of thinking it in that I suppose, I think that you need to, it's almost like to be a bit, bit kind of corny, like the caterpillar going into the cocoon, coming out the other side yeah. of the butterfly in that, yeah, you, you do, it's like you, you bring for bring in all of that experience of, of who you were before being a mum. And then it's almost like this wrestle <laughs> to try and find, well, what parts of those do I want to take forward with me? Cause I can't take mm. it all because now mm. there's this other new bit of me that has to come to. Um, and so then it's coming out that other side. Um, yeah. But, yeah. But being both that kind of bringing both those sides of yourself together. Um, so that's probably better. I, I need to think of a different word than losing because although it, I think that's what it feels like at the it time and it's absolutely not does. Out to this other yes. point that you can look back and go, yeah, yeah, that wasn't exactly losing myself, but it is definitely how I felt in those trenches of motherhood. And, you know, and like I said, I do joke, but there is a bit of an element of truth yeah. to that feeling of kind of clawing my way it, back out, you know, yeah. clawing back. And it does feel like me. that. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. So I, I've got, I've got a question for you. So, one of the questions I always ask my guest is if, you know, what, what would you tell your 16 year old self now? So this incredible journey that you've been on, it's been a learning experience for you. You've trusted your intuition. You've trusted your gut. You've got two daughters, um, two beautiful daughters. So what, what would you be saying to your 16 year old self now? What you've learned? I think um, just to trust, trust yourself um, and don't be afraid to be different and to challenge things. Um, I kind of wrestled with that as a teenager and there was lots of, in certain elements, kind of conforming to what um, what was kind of normal or, or seen as normal as, or the cultural norm around me. So yeah, I think that's what I would um, tell myself. I mean, I yeah, I think um, I did reasonably well in the trusting myself um, thing, but I've just sort of emphasized that to myself, but also, yeah, don't be afraid to be a bit different, to challenge things. Um, and it's okay if you don't, you know, have it all figured out. Yeah. Cool. That's so true. Yeah. Because <laughs> otherwise that's, it's immense pressure we put on ourselves, isn't it? If we think, oh, we need to have it all figured out. Um, because then we stop being, don't we? Then when we think we've got it figured out, we start doing and then it doesn't feel right. So that's a great piece of advice. Yeah. And I think um, that's where lots of people get stuck. And I know you mentioned it before, you know, when we we don't stop and just think about what we're doing or challenge um challenge and that's probably for me something that I've done in different parts of my life when things just haven't felt right and it's been such a such a useful thing to do. Mm, cool and um, the, the second question is one gem that you can leave our guests 
one absolute gem that's really served you yeah i think it's body connection um and that's that's what i um tell my clients when we work together around their relationship with food it's about connecting to your body um um and and that is that trust element to that and you know and there's usually three parts that i sort of talk about it's it's first it's listening so making the space to actually be able to connect and hear what your body's telling you and then it's um building trust in that so trusting the messages that your body is sending you and sometimes that'll be that challenging those other beliefs and those other thoughts mm. that might be trying to interfere with that and then the third part being um honoring honoring those messages and that information and honoring and respecting yourself around that that you are the expert and that um nobody does you better than you um yeah. and to keep just to keep building that trust and yeah and don't not letting other people or experiences undermine that um, so that you can build that connection to your body and, and truly be the expert, feel that you are the expert that you are because everyone is already the expert in themselves, but a lot of people don't, don't trust that or don't have confidence in being that expert. Um, I'm sure um, as women, there's lots of the, lots of women out there still operating under that good girl kind of mentality. Yeah which is so normal and it is hard to break out of, but I think it all comes back to that connection because the stronger you connect to your body, when you get to those points um, where those values um, kind of collide and particularly around food where your body's telling you messages, but perhaps the culture and the way and, and maybe the diet plan or the food ideas are telling you something different that you can actually navigate that without feeling like a crazy person around eating. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so actually yeah, connecting to your body is really the key. Cool. And, and I mean, yeah, and a great message, like you said, you are the expert of your own body. So fantastic. Yes. Yeah. And we're born with that. We're born with that ability yeah. to connect to our body and to be the expert. And unfortunately, it's just lots of the messages and experiences that undermine that. And it's not mm. for women to feel like, oh, they're, they're failing at yet another thing. It's just yeah. recognizing that there's things that have kind of gotten in the way of that connection, but your body still wants to talk yeah. and it's opening that conversation up again. Perfect. Now, where do we find you? How can women connect with you and work with you? Or do you have any resources, any free resources or anything? Like yeah. That? So you can find yeah. me on Eat With Awareness is my um, sort of my program kind of name. Um, so, yeah. and you can find me on Facebook, Instagram, and online eatwithawareness.com. And if people go to eatwithawareness.com forward slash for the word. So four steps, you can download a free workbook, which is sort of four steps to get started on building that connection to your body. Um, so that's just something people can grab and have a look at. And if that resonates, then they can reach out um, for more info. Um, but yeah, if you want to kind of um, get a bit of a feel, um, yeah, on Facebook or Instagram, you can follow along. I post pretty regularly around um, just things around my approach and ways to slightly start challenging those outside voices or those outside um, influences and, and yeah, really building that connection to your body. And that's, that's pretty much the direction I um, operate from. So yeah, eat with awareness is, is my, yeah, my And I'll put all those links. Um, all those links will be at the bottom of the podcast on the yep. Women's Strength TV. So I guess we'll be able to find them. Yeah, well, I want to thank you so, so much. It's been a, a really interesting conversation and I've loved it. And it's, you know, and the, and the key message I think for all women out there is, is just trust yourself, yeah. you know, and if you need to go and test it out, that's what I loved about what you said. If you need to go and test it out to see if it's true, do it. Mm. You know, I, I think we're in this industry of personal growth where there's, you know, it's creating another belief system and, you know, and women are going, well, this must be true. I have to feel all the time and have to go with that. And if I test it out, 
I'm not trusting myself. But actually, I just say, you know, sorry, I'm going to swear now, but it's just bullshit. Don't, don't yeah. believe that, you know. We all do that. If you speak to authentic women like ourselves, that's what we do. We trust our gut, but then we go, I just want to test it. Just want to yeah. test it. And that's what you do. That's what I've done. And that's what millions of other women out there do. So thank you for sharing that because that is such a gem and, it, and it's really giving women permission because sometimes we do need that permission, don't we, to go. Yeah. So brilliant. So thank you so, so much. I've loved it. You know, first, first um, interview of season two, how phenomenal this has been. So, yeah, thank you so much. Thanks, Ange. Thanks for having me and thanks to your listeners. AngeWilcock.com, serving women to serve the world.